The following audio is from Summit Church. For more information on Summit Church, visit www.summitonline.tv. Hey, thank you so much for joining us today. I love that we are now, just a couple weeks after Easter, things in our world are hopefully starting to open back up, make a little bit more sense. And I'm just thrilled that you are joining us today, wherever you're at, to hear a story, a story of how Jesus shows compassion in a way that is so profound in a way that is culturally unacceptable, but Jesus doesn't care about that. He cares more about the person. He cares more about you than what the culture thinks. A story of compassion that moves me. And while there are plenty, plenty of stories in the Bible of how much God loves you, how compassionate he is, today's few verses in Luke chapter 5, 12 through 16, it is this picture of what Jesus is willing to do to meet you, meet you right where you're at. If you were with us last week, we saw Jesus call his disciples, at least his first four, to come follow me, do what I do, teach what I teach, be me in my absence. And then we see Jesus going right back into his ministry, right back into his bread and butter, meeting people where they're at, showing his new disciples how best to proclaim the good news. And that is through meeting people in their greatest struggles. Let's culturally set this up first. So Luke chapter five, verse 12. What you're gonna see here is that I'm gonna read a little bit of each verse for the verse little bit because there's so much to unpack. So Luke chapter five, verse 12 says this. While Jesus was in one of the towns, we don't even know for sure what town he was in, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. Okay, now to be covered with leprosy in the first century doesn't mean necessarily that you have leprosy. That is a general term used for just about every skin disease and disorder. I'm not going to get into the medical journals, but there's a bunch of them, boils, cysts, all that kind of stuff. So this man, though, was completely afflicted. He was covered with leprosy. His skin told every person that he came into contact with that something was wrong. This made his life miserable. And the cultural stigma of leprosy goes all the way back to the law of Moses. So we're going to read quite a bit out of Leviticus today just to understand the common thought process of the persons that this man would have been living with. So let's read Leviticus 13, 1 through 3, just to get an idea. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when anyone has a swelling or a rash or a shiny spot on their skin that may be a defiling skin disease, they must be brought to Aaron the priest or to any priest or to one of the sons who is a priest. The priest is to examine the sore on the skin. And if the hair in the sore has turned white and the sore appears to be more than skin depth, it is a defiling skin disease. When the priest examines that person, he shall pronounce them. Here's the biggest part. He shall pronounce them ceremonially unclean. What does that mean? Unable to worship in the temple. 
can't go in. Unable to touch anyone else or be touched by them, because if they touch you, then they too are unclean and unwanted. So I know a lot of us have gone to the doctor and received very bad news, but seldom have you ever come to the church and be told, oh, yeah, because of that, because of that sickness, because of that thing that you have zero control over, because of that, you're no longer welcome back. You are now ostracized. You are no longer able to engage with people in your community. Your family needs to move out of your house, or better yet, you are probably going to move out of your house. That is what's going on here. That is the reality of this man. Let's finish verse 12, Luke chapter 5, verse 12. But when the man saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and he begged him, Lord, if you are willing, make me clean. The man says, I am unclean. I've been pronounced unclean. Someone from the royal priesthood came out. They saw me outside the city walls. They looked at my skin and they said, you are no longer worthy. You are no longer welcome. I am unclean. Lord, I know that. I know I'm unclean, but you, you can make me clean. It was against the Mosaic law, when I say that, it's, it's the law of Moses was given by God uh, to set apart his people. So it was against that law for this man to come anywhere near Jesus, yet he has no other choice. Read with me in Leviticus chapter 13, verses 45 and 46. Here, here's what this man should have been saying. Anyone with such a defiling skin disease or disease must wear torn clothes. So you can't even have nice clothes on to try to cover it up. You gotta have torn clothes so that people can see your affliction. That, that's huge right there. They must wear torn clothes. They must let their hair be unkempt. You have to look disheveled. Cover the lower part of their face and cry out everywhere they go, unclean, unclean. Can you imagine how frustrating it would be to have to walk through any town square shouting unclean as people dive away from you, not wanting themselves to become unclean. Verse 46, as long as they have the disease, they remain unclean. There's nothing they can do to change it. If you have it, you're unclean. They must live alone. They must live outside of the camp. They can't be a part of the community. So instead of running to Jesus shouting unclean, this man, this beautiful, beautiful man, falls at the feet of Jesus and says, if you're willing, if you're willing, you can make me clean. I've been unclean for I don't know how many years now. But I know that there's something about you, Jesus, that makes me think that if I can just, if I can get to you, you can make me clean. You can restore me. If you are willing, if you're willing to heal me, 
Now, I want us to take a breath and then see the unfathomable response of Jesus in verse 13. Luke chapter 5, verse 13, the unfathomable response. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. For years, any person who saw this man ran the other way. To get within six feet was dangerous. For years, everyone has gone the other way, yet Jesus presses in. Jesus presses into this man's misery, to his reality. He reaches out to the hurting. Jesus did what no other rabbi would have ever considered doing. Now, I'm going to quote to you a second century historian. His name is Urshim. And here's what he wrote. And he wrote a ton of stuff. But this is just a quote from him. This is not the Bible. This is Urshim. He wrote this about Rabbi Meyer. We don't know who this person is. But Rabbi Meyer would not eat an egg purchased on a street where there was a person with leprosy. That's how fearful this teacher of God's word was about skin disease, about leprosy. Wouldn't eat an egg purchased on a street where a dude with leprosy lived, okay? It goes further. Another rabbi boasted, this is still Urshim reporting this or recounting this. Another rabbi boasted, he was proud of this, that he always threw stones at them to make sure they would stay far off. These are people who understood the Levitical law, the Mosaic law, and they didn't want to become unclean because then they couldn't go worship. They couldn't have their community. They would be ostracized. So just to make sure they stayed safe, they threw rocks at them. And Jesus reached out and touched him. Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man. He pressed in to the misery of this defiled human. And then look at the rest of verse 13. Luke chapter 5, verse 13. Jesus said, I am willing. I am willing. I'm willing to cleanse you, to make you whole, to heal you, to restore you. I am willing, he said, be clean, declarative. You are no longer unclean. You are clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. That which, this man, which was unclean, unlovable, unapproachable, is now clean, restored, and renewed Jesus was willing to become unclean because by Jesus breaking that six-foot barrier, stepping in and touching this man, Jesus was allowing himself to become unclean so that this man might become clean. Does that sound familiar to anyone else? It, it, it did to me. As I was writing this, I was like, oh, that's, that's exactly what Jesus did for sin. Roman, or I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God made him who had no sin to be sin. 
God allowed his one and only son to take upon himself our sin. He's not scared of your mess. So often we think God will never want us. He will never accept us. He will never, ever approach us. What we don't understand is that he wants all of that mess. It's what God wants. He sent his son to become that mess for us so that we might become righteous. He becomes unclean so that we might be clean. But, but, Jesus didn't become unclean because when he touched the man, the man's leprosy was immediately healed and now they're both clean. And that's a beautiful picture of exactly how God works in our lives. He became sin, yet he conquered sin for us through his vicarious death on the cross, his resurrection from the dead. He took on our sin, but the sin didn't stick. He paid for it, conquered it, cleansed it, he healed it, he overcame it just as he did for this man with leprosy. What a beautiful, beautiful picture of the compassion and the love of God, the for you mentality that God has. He is so for us that he would send his one and only son to become sin on our behalf to make us righteous, to make us whole, to make us clean. Now, what Jesus does next is a little unorthodox, okay? What he does is he says, hey, I need you, even though you are healed and you want to go tell the world of what just occurred, I need you to keep it on the DL, man. I need you to keep this between us, okay? So here's what I want you to do. Verse 14, Luke chapter 5. Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone. But go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to the priest so that you can be fully restored and in good standing with your community. Okay, that's what he said to do. Now, what is he specifically telling this man to do? Leviticus 14, 1 through 4 gives us just a snippet of it. There's so much, but here's the little bit that we need to hear today. Leviticus 14, the Lord said to Moses... These are the regulations for any diseased person at the time of their ceremonial cleansing when they've been set free from this disease. Here, here's what they need to do. When they are brought to the priest, the priest is to go outside the camp because they can't come in the camp. Remember? We just read that. They can't come in the camp. They can't come into the community. They can't come into the town. They have to shout unclean wherever they go. So the priest has to go out. The priest told them they were unclean however many years ago. Now they've been ceremonially cleansed. So the priest has to come out and tell them, okay, tell them what? That they have been healed of their defiling skin disease. And the priest shall order that two live, clean birds some cedar wood, some scarlet yarn, and some hypsop be brought for the person to be cleansed. Now, if you keep reading in Leviticus 14, there's so much more. There's so much more. They have to bathe. They have to shave. They have to do other sacrificing to be deemed clean and, uh, and able to return to society. So that's all right there. But this man, now completely cleansed of this disease that has hindered him for who knows how many years in his life. This man, he chooses 
a more, I think, human response. He goes and just starts shouting and praising and telling anyone who will listen how good God is. Now, Luke does not record this, but Mark does. So Mark tells the same story, but Mark gives us a little better picture, a little better insight into what happens next. This is Mark chapter 1, verse 45. Instead, so the same man that's just been healed. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading news. Exactly what Jesus told him not to do. Jesus said, hey, shh, go show the priest, get your clean card, and then, and then just do life. But no, 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 that's, that's not what he's going to do. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the good news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter towns openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet people still came to him from everywhere. Jesus knew that his mission was not to win a popularity contest. But you take a guy that's been afflicted for however many years, you heal him, tell him to go to the priest and then keep it quiet, and he chooses to do the exact opposite. He starts telling his story, and they're going, yeah, yesterday you were unclean, now you're clean. That's big. You get a guy that's that excited about what God has done in their life, and your popularity increases. And Jesus was not ready. Jesus didn't want this kind of popularity. He had to train his disciples to do what he does, to teach what he taught, and to represent him in his absence. He knew that his mission was not just to get the biggest crowd in Palestine, but instead to save all mankind from their sin. He was aware, so he kept trying to withdraw. He kept trying to find solidarity and solitude and to pray and to, to work the plan that he and the Father had come up with long before. He kept trying to do that, but this guy, his story, it's one you can't ignore. And so there's people now running to Jesus. And going back to Luke chapter 5, verses 15 and 16, here's how Luke finishes the story. Yet the news about him, about the man and Jesus, spread all the more. So the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed from their sickness. Hey, you did it for him, you can do it for me. I'm here, I'm, I'm hurting. But Jesus often withdrew the lonely places and he prayed because he had a mission. He had a purpose. He needed some time and some space. He needed to be led by the Father. This wasn't about, hey, every day I'm gonna wake up and just heal a few. No, he wanted to come and save the world. So Jesus knew his purpose and his mission. But it's hard to look at a man and blame him who has just been radically restored and renewed and who wants to tell everyone who will listen about the love of this man who was willing to reach out and touch him when no one else would. This man who made him clean, who saved his life. It's hard to blame that guy for not following instructions. And so today, as we recount this narrative, this beautiful story, have you ever come to God, have you personally ever come to God like this man? Meaning, look at all of the affirmity. Look at this. Physically, he was sick. He had something. He had some kind of skin disease. Physically, he was sick. Emotionally, he was empty. And socially, he was alone. 
Now, I know that's a huge umbrella, but what a beautiful picture of the disparity of this world to be physically ill, emotionally empty, socially alone. That's what this guy was. And Jesus met this man in all three areas, just like I believe he is willing to do for you today. He wants and is able to step into your hardship, into your misery. Physically, do you need to be healed? He can do that. Emotionally, do you need to be reached out to? Does your soul need to be touched? Very likely, this is the first touch this man's received in years. How many listening today feel this? I just need someone to push through and meet me where I'm at. I just need someone that might possibly understand Jesus can, and he's willing. Socially, this man with leprosy, he can now have people. He's no longer alone. Is there anyone after 2020 that feels isolated alone? Is there anyone that before 2020 felt isolated and alone? Is there anyone listening today who's going, I am alone. I just need someone that will understand me. I need someone that will come and stand beside me and with me and walk through life with me. Jesus says, I'm willing. This leper received healing because he came to the one who could heal and he said, if you are willing, you will do this. And I just wonder today if some of us need to come to the same Jesus and say, if you're willing, will you save me from my sin, my guilt, my shortcomings? If you are willing, will you heal me for my sickness and disease. If you are willing, will you meet me in my emotions, my hurt and my fear, my emptiness and my sorrow? If you are willing, will you meet me there? And if you are willing, because I'm so alone, Jesus, I'm so alone, there's no one left. If you're willing, will you bring community to my life? If you're willing, I close with Luke chapter 5, verse 13. It's a promise to you. Jesus says, I am willing. Be clean. Be saved. Be healed. Be whole. Be known. I am willing. Today is you listen. Hopefully you're prepared to take communion and to remember the body and the blood of Jesus that was broken and shed for you as a sign that he's willing. He's willing because he laid down his life for you. It's a reminder of just how willing God is to send his one and only son to meet you in your brokenness. 
today as you respond, as you take the bread and the cup, may it be that reminder that you need. May it be that moment, maybe that moment in your life that allows you to see maybe for the first time just how much God is for you, how much he loves you, and how much he's willing to step in to your hurt and meet you right where you're at. Father, today as we remember you and your son Jesus, meet us in our hurt and our brokenness, meet us in our physical pain and and our trials, meet us in our loneliness, meet us in our need for you as a savior and come and be for us all of those things because you are willing, because you love us. Lord, may we see that, feel that, and may we know that. May we respond to it as we remember you. It's your name we pray.